At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with Josh Codwell, a still-life photographer based in the UK. Josh takes amazing photographs of fragrances, accessories, and more, and he does that in a very creative way with the help of set design and editing techniques. We talk about all of these things in this episode and more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Josh. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, Taya. <laughs> yeah, very happy to be here too. I'm Josh. I'm a still life photographer. I do product photography of watches, jewelry, cosmetics, alcohol, fashion accessories like handbags and shoes. And I also like to make art photography, things that involve uh, model making for some of the set design and liquids and textures and I'm based in Sheffield in North England 
Uh, I used to be based in London, which was an amazing place to develop a photography career, to grow things and to work with lots of different clients. But I'm taking things easier now, taking a slower pace of life, uh, spending more time outdoors. Uh, Yeah, that's me. Slower pace of life sounds really refreshing. Mm, It is. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, hiking and a little bit of rock climbing, some mountain biking. Yeah, it is really important to get that work-life balance. Absolutely. You have a very interesting background. What was your introduction to photography like and why did you choose to specialize in still life photography? So I actually began photography, I would say backwards, (laughs) because I was very keen on using Photoshop when I was a teenager. I, I guess I've always been interested in art and design. I was actually wanting to become an architect originally when I was 13, 14. I did some work experience in school around that time. And while I was there, I I learned some Photoshop and became quite passionate about that. And actually, it was many years later when I was in university doing a graphic design degree, another avenue of art and design. I actually bumped into a photographer just out and about on the streets of Leeds where I studied and we became good friends and he taught me photography when I was about 18 years old. We began to hang out together and he taught me the basics. So I I had a very uh, good skill in Photoshop by that point in time, but I was just beginning photography and I really went on a journey with it after that point. I began with uh, landscapes and nature photography, just things out and about. And then some friends asked me to do some portraits of them. And that was the beginning of a a portrait photography career, um, which kind of expanded into weddings. And then I began to work in fashion photography. That felt like a more creative version to me of portrait photography where I was able to use some of my uh, art and design interests. And then I realized I don't really have a huge interest in fashion. And actually, the sort of um, still life area appealed to me the most. because I used to really enjoy model making as a teenager, like building small scale models. I used to enjoy building and painting Warhammer, if any of your listeners are familiar with that. So with still life photography, I could bring in some of those skills of model making and set design and the Photoshop skills that I talked about as well, and really bring it all together in a way which just felt, it felt small enough scale that I felt like I could have a lot of control over the things in a small scene to really create some imagery that I just found appealing and satisfying. And I managed to, I guess, connect that with products, uh, something that is valuable to the world, valuable to companies and to magazines. And uh, I was very fortunate that I could tie that all together into a career. Sounds amazing. So you had those model making Photoshop skills before you got into photography. And then once you pursued photography, you were able to obtain other skills as well. So still life photography requires different kinds of skills. As you said, model making can be really handy. And obviously you need to know how to edit your photographs 
And it's fantastic that you have all those skills that you obtained either purposely or that you already had. <laughs> you could say purposely. Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, a lot of it was uh, by chance, really following my passions and interests, which tend to hop about the place an awful lot, which I think is no bad thing. I think that's good to go on a journey to not really have a set destination in mind. I certainly didn't know that I was going to be a still life photographer over most of my teenage years or even while I was at university. I uh, would say I had no interest in photography at all when I picked my degree uh, to study graphic design. Um, so I think that's okay to allow things to evolve and to follow your passions. And I, yeah, I think that's a really great way of approaching it. I completely agree. I don't think it's right to tell yourself that you're going to be this specific person unless you know for sure that you want to be that kind of specific person. So it's good to be open if you're not sure what you're really passionate about. And that might lead to something like still life photography that you are really passionate about and that you've been able to develop into a very strong portfolio. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> That's nice <laughs> to hear. <laughs> worked with many amazing brands and We'll talk more about that later, but first I want to dive into the model making side of things because I didn't know that you are into that. So when you create a set for a product that you're photographing, for example, you build everything from scratch or you have certain props that you use, or do you also use Photoshop? Yeah, I'd say it's a mixture of all of those things. Sometimes I will build things completely from scratch using card or foam board. I have a, a big set of shelves with lots of tools and little knickknacks on there. There's bits of wire and string and pins and glue and all sorts. So I, I do enjoy building things and I'll often bring in some other skills that I've acquired along the way. I do a little bit of 3D modeling in the program SketchUp uh, on my computer. So it can be really handy to visualize things using that. And then I can create a set design based on those computer visualizations. Other times I will buy pre-made things, things I find on the internet or out and about in shops. Like sometimes charity shops can have funky things in there that I can pick up and think, oh, this would be really nice for a photo shoot. You know, maybe if I spray paint it or make some modifications, this could make a nice set design. And other times I'll use a really minimal set design and a lot of Photoshop to create some textures or color gradients or things which look a little bit otherworldly. I find that quite nice sometimes. Generally, I'll try and create as much in camera as I can, like just using the lighting and the set design and real things, because I find that creates a much more believable sense of reality. I think the, the feeling of those images is nicer when as much as, as possible is done in camera. Uh, and I think ultimately that's the, the goal for me is to, to capture a feeling. So when the image is more coherent, when the lighting is believable and the textures and everything just fits together, that's when it's really satisfying for me. So yeah, using a range of those different uh, set design or digital techniques to create something that has feeling. That's really what I'm aiming for. That makes sense. And that sounds like a very wholesome approach. 
when you work mm. with clients, <laughs> how much flexibility and creative freedom do you have? Um, yeah, a lot. Yeah, it. I guess it varies from project to project with different clients. Some projects, clients are very prescriptive and they say exactly they want and I just recreate either a, a visualization or something based on a mood board that they have, making a few changes to make it original and to give it my own flair. So sometimes that can be very helpful. Clients who know what they like and know exactly what they want, often my favorite kind of clients, because sometimes you can have a client and they can say, I want something, but I don't know exactly what it is. And you'll go away and you'll try some different ideas and they'll say, hmm, this is okay, but it's not exactly what I want. Could you make it pop more or make it different somehow? So that can be a little bit of a wild goose chase sometimes. So actually having a clear vision from a client is very helpful. And often in those cases, there's not so much opportunity to be creative and to explore some wild, original, new areas that no one's ever done before. But that's okay. Uh, sometimes that's how work is. But when I'm making things which are just for me, it's just abstract art photography, the only goal really is just to entertain myself, to create something fresh and something that I personally find satisfying, then really there's no limitations. Um, the limitations are on just the skills that I've acquired so far. And it's just trying to make something original. And that can be from picking up a new material, some sort of sheet material that you could bend into a, a curvy shape or maybe playing with sand or smoke or uh, all sorts of different possibilities uh, you know there's the whole world out there of different textures and materials and it's up to you what you do and um, how you create something new and original it's very exciting and especially when you work with clients it's unpredictable and i think that unpredictability can make your life very interesting it's not the same mundane daily routine right you have to be on your toes all the time Mm, interesting is a good word, very diplomatic for it, because yes, it can be challenging trying to piece together the ideas uh, that clients have and the constraints of a project, the, the kind of limitations with the product that you're working with and the, the final vision for the project. Sometimes that can feel like doing a really complex puzzle, like a jigsaw. And sometimes it feels nearly impossible, but you always find a way of finding a result that is good enough that everybody's happy with. Um, but other times it can be really exciting to receive a brief. I think for me, that's the most exciting point is when you're opening an email or just about to hear a brief for the first time. I think that moment is filled with possibility and excitement for me. Definitely. And I bet when you hear a brief or see a brief for the first time, your mind instantly goes to different props and sets that you could create, right? Given your skills. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really enjoyable feeling, actually, is the feeling of possibility <laughs> where I feel like my mind bounces around lots and lots of different ideas and possibilities of 
yeah, props, lighting, materials, textures, colors, compositions, bringing to mind lots of things I've absorbed over the years with artwork and things uh, from computer games and things from art galleries, things from walking around cities in the UK and on travels where you're looking at architecture and the way that buildings, uh, the kind of structures, I don't know, the composition, interplay. There's like all of those different thoughts and ideas that go buzzing through my mind um, in those early moments of opening up a brief and having a think about it. So yeah, that is really one of the most exciting parts. And then it can be challenging sometimes to refine that into some ideas which actually work, which actually kind of cohesive and they really communicate something about the product that I'm trying to to work with. That can be a challenge, uh, like the sort of puzzle piece jigsaw idea I was talking about earlier. And then it can take a lot of hard work to translate that into the final image. But I think the beginning and the end, yeah, those parts are, are very satisfying. Yeah, I can understand that it's complicated and maybe a little bit challenging or maybe very challenging, as you said, sometimes. But ultimately, once you get those results, then I'm sure that you're very proud of all the progress that you made and all the trial and error that you had to go through. And I think... I'm learning to value the process, the middle part, more the more that I do photography, because I've certainly been on a journey with photography. For me, I always wanted to do something creative, something in the creative arts, and uh, photography emerged over time. And when I discovered that I could do still life photography, that I could make a career out of it, and it could take me to some exciting and glamorous places working with clients from internationally kind of famous companies and magazines that really appealed to me so i guess i really spent a lot of time and energy pushing to make that happen i worked very very hard in london i had this intense energy this intense focus on achieving those goals but i think it's good to have a passion, it's good to have ambition, but I would sacrifice, I guess, the joy in the process, the joy of creating uh, really the thing that originally attracted me to making art when I was a small child. Uh, it's the joy in the process, um, which is, I think, the real joy, uh, far greater than achievement uh, far greater than having lots and lots of finished projects and a nice looking portfolio. So it's taken me a long time to come back around to that way of thinking. Uh, I feel like I had it when I was a small child and I feel like I'm getting closer to that feeling again now with experience and time to reflect. But certainly there was the, the middle part of my career so far I was really uh, pushing very hard. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was not sleeping enough um, just to make more time to do more projects, which seems crazy to me now, looking back. I was getting quite ill, or very ill, actually. I was getting uh, some back pain problems and other health problems. But now, having taken a step back, having slowed things down, doing much fewer projects 
and moving cities to somewhere which is much better for a, a slower pace of life. Yeah, that real uh, life work balance, that's what's at the forefront of my mind now. That's really what I'm trying to do is just to live well and, and sometimes and just to try and enjoy things, to try and enjoy the process of, of working. It's very interesting that every person has their own unique stages in life, but there are similarities always, right? At the beginning, as you said, when you're a child, you are very carefree and you enjoy being creative. And then later in life, you might go through some periods where you feel like you don't know who you are anymore or you get burnt out, as you said. And then later on, you start to develop, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, discover a wiser version of yourself. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member and start to live life in a way that really feels right to you. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see those similarities, those parallels. And I think the listeners can also relate to your story. And it's really great to know that you're now feeling better and that you are in a place where you can feel joy when you create. Yeah, feelings are so important. <laughs> they are the best guide. And it's really good to keep on listening to that. We live in a, a modern world in a society which is very fast-paced in the Western world. And I think it can be very tempting to dive right into that and to live life very fast and to try and achieve lots of things. But I think we're human beings. We have thoughts and feelings. And yeah, it's really important to, to keep on listening to those. And I think that's important for living life well and also, to bring it back to photography from the philosophical tangent that I've taken us on, I think that it's going to make better art. I think it's going to make better imagery, better photography, if we are very in tune with our feelings and emotions. I agree with you. Something that stood out to me about your work was that it's not expressionless and it's not cold. And I think a lot of people, when they think of still life photography, especially product photography, they think of something that is distant and doesn't really create some kind of connection with the viewer. But your images are the opposite of that. I feel that there's a story, even though there's no actual person in the shots. What advice would you give to still life photographers who want to make their images stand out? So, yeah, like I mentioned, I think being in tune with feeling and emotion, I think that's really important. So when I'm working, when I'm creating 
an image or a series of images, I will play, I will <laughs> sort of try lots and lots of different things and I'll try and create that sense of play by balancing things on top of each other, sometimes by throwing things in the air, by trying different lighting and just seeing how it looks, not being afraid to try things. Uh, but then uh, reviewing the images um, on screen on my laptop, I'll just try and listen to my feelings. I'll try and see which images speak to me. And sometimes that can be hard to put into words, but you just sort of know when something is working and when there's a good feeling there in some of the images. And sometimes that can be fully finished. You can get things right in one single take, in one single shot. And other times you can find there's images that uh, they're close, but they just need a little bit of work to finesse, to sort of see potential in an image and then just uh, it needs some work to take it a little bit further that's most often the case so yeah i think uh, keep it playful keep it fun um experimental that's gonna breed originality and then just keep in tune with how images are feeling rather than trying to copy a trend in photography or trying to make something that you think other people are going to like, but you're not really sure, you know, sort of appealing to particular things in the commercial world um, rather than trying to aim for that, I think. Yeah, really listening to how it feels. I think that's very important. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code greatbigphotographyworld. Again, one of the first things I noticed when I saw your portfolio was that you have different sections for different kinds of products that you shoot. So jewelry, accessories, perfume, and each product from what I saw has its own way of being approached. There are specific things you need to be mindful of when photographing watches as opposed to when you're photographing fragrance, for example. Which product, in your experience, is the most difficult to shoot? Mm, that is a good question. I think probably the most challenging things to photograph in the products that I do work with are the bottles. So perfume bottles and alcohol bottles, because there's so much going on there with the liquids inside the bottles and also the way that the glass behaves, the way it refracts light and shadow. But actually, I think that also is part of the appeal for me is that sense of slight chaos, <laughs> the sense of something exciting going on there with the way that the light sort of spills through the glass and out onto the background. I think that's where there's a lot of beauty I love playing with light and glass in that way. Um, so it's the most challenging, but I think also the most rewarding and the most interesting. And it, there's a lot of possibility there for play with spraying fragrance bottles and capturing the spray midair, putting different backgrounds behind the glass bottles and 
seeing that how that behaves when it comes through the glass. So yeah, I think there's some challenge there, but also some interest. It's really interesting how that works. I've never taken professional product photos before, but I imagine that it's very exciting and interesting as we just discussed earlier. And you've worked with so many brands and magazines, Vogue, GQ, Tom Ford. First question is, which brand, which major brand was the first one that you worked with? And my second question is, how do you approach clients like that? Do they find you first or how do you market yourself in order to build that network? So the first major client that I got to work with was Hagendaz, the ice cream company. And they found my portfolio. I had an agent at the time uh, that was helpful in that process of connecting me to companies. Hagen does. They had a strawberries and cream flavored ice cream because they had some ice creams at Wimbledon, the tennis competition. And the brief was to create some packaging for an ice cream that had splatters of strawberries all over the outside of the packaging. So my brief was to take imagery of strawberry splatters <laughs> and we literally did that, me and a, a team that I hired in, just to help with the process. We had tennis rackets and boxes of strawberries and a white wall. And we flung strawberries at the wall using the tennis rackets to create these splatters. So that was a very fun project. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, really nice that that all tied together, the Hagen does creating an ice cream specifically for the Wimbledon tennis competition. Yeah, it was uh, a fun one. And yes, having an agent is very useful for getting new work and for making that process more smooth. But it's not essential. Um, at the moment, I don't have an agent, actually. I prefer the flexibility of a little bit more control of when a project comes in, I can just say yes or no to it without needing to consult anybody else or have any other outside influence. I can really just listen to how it feels just, just for me. But I think for anybody wanting to grow their career, I think that's very useful to have an agent for some of that process. The connections that they have and the experience are absolutely so, so useful. Yeah, it really benefited me working with several different agents along the way. But I think um, it's not essential. I think people can have a very successful career with no agents involved just by having websites or social media. I think there's so many different avenues, so many different possibilities of having a, a photography career or any creative arts career now with the internet and so many different things, uh, you know, TikTok and all of these technologies. I think it's a very exciting time. So there's no real um, clear-cut way of saying this is the way that you do a photography career. I don't think that exists. I think it's down to seeing what unique talents and interests each individual person has. And I think listening to those and yeah, just seeing how it evolves. I think it's different for everybody. 
Isn't that uplifting, though? I think in the past, agencies were more important. I recently had a conversation with a fashion photographer, and he said that back in the day, agencies were basically the only way that you would be able to find clients. But now you can find all sorts of people through Instagram. And I think in other genres as well, you can, there's just, there's so many options to choose from. You can reach out to people yourself. You can improve SEO on your website. It's, uh, I think it's really uplifting because that means there's no specific path and you can adapt. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many amazing Instagram profiles that I've stumbled across. I can't think of any particular examples now, but where someone's a real specialist in something super niche, <laughs> where they're like, I only do photos of cake, <laughs> just cake in strange places, or there's something as bizarre as that, where it's just um, very unique. But if there's a way of connecting that niche field that someone has an interest in and they've chosen to specialize in, if there's a way of connecting that with a commercial need, something that a company is prepared to pay money for, then there's a career there, <laughs> then there's a possibility. So yeah, I think it is very, very promising, very exciting that, that Instagram and social media exist to allow those unique careers to unfold. Exactly. Yeah, beautifully put. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when you work with clients, Every image is different, of course, and requires a different amount of editing. But typically for commercial photographs, how much editing is required? So every image that I put out into the world has some Photoshop to varying degrees. Sometimes that's very, very minimal. It will be tidying up a tiny bit of dust that's on the background. Just that could literally be a, it could be so minor, just a little contrast adjustment or something like that. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there could be a huge amount of editing. There could be lots of comping, uh, photo compositing to bring together different images to create something that would be actually impossible to build just using set design or you know real world things. So it really does vary hugely. But certainly for commercial projects, things for uh, makeup companies or for alcohol brands or um, fashion accessories, it's really uh, the message is one of idealism and advertising for people to have this idealistic item. So it's very polished. That's generally the aesthetic of it. So there is usually quite a lot of editing. And yeah, that takes quite a long time usually uh, to tidy up every last little detail. Yeah, it is quite uh, thorough, I would say. Mm -hmm. So those photos I see in makeup stores are very heavily edited, but they look so natural. I can never tell because I've never taken proper commercial photos before. So to me, it seems like it was... It's just very difficult for me to understand what was done in post and what was actually real during the shoot. So I'm always fascinated by images like that. So it's good to know. Thank you for enlightening me. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, usually for things which are small scale, there's a lot of editing. Uh, the imperfections really show up a lot more uh, because if you, for example, took a handbag, you wouldn't see really any dust on it because it's quite large scale. But if you take a watch or a lipstick, 
the moment you take it out of the packaging, it's gathering dust in the air. <laughs> and if you're taking a macro shot, very close up. So if you're taking a picture of a watch face and it's really close in, the hands of the watch are really, really big, then you'll see dust everywhere. <laughs> so that takes quite a lot of editing work to polish those images up. Okay, I thought it was just me. I remember taking some test shots for, there's a project I'm working on, 52-week project with uh, the company, uh, photographycourse.net. And so I was just taking a photo of a watch just as an example. And I remember looking at the images on my computer and I have a large screen, so I was like just astounded by the amount of dust that was there. I was just like, how much editing will need to go into this? It's a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Many, many hours for watch photography. Yeah. I have a question about one of your images. There's a couple that I noticed. I'm looking through your portfolio now. Mm -hmm. You photographed fragrance, Chanel. Mm. And it's an imprint of that in the sand. Yes. Yeah. May I ask how you created that effect? So that was literally by taking a Chanel bottle and imprinting it into um, a powder texture. So I, I took a powder and compressed it to make it all tight and compact. Literally took the bottle and fairly carefully, but powerfully <laughs> pushed it down into the compacted powder. Um, and that's the result. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it is a skill. It's a specialist skill that I've developed. I've had quite a few other people, other photographers contact me actually and say, how did you do that? I've tried it myself and it's really hard. And they are correct. It is a challenging technique, but it's one that I'd say I've gotten very good at. Yeah, I'm very happy with the result with that image. It's definitely my favorite photo from your portfolio. It just because it's so unusual, it really stands out and it makes you wonder, how did he take it? You start to think and your imagination runs wild. And it's really fun. And it shows that still life photography can have personality and it can have a lot of depth. It just depends on how you approach it. Mm, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Making people wonder <laughs> and making people's imaginations active i think is uh, one of the best things that i can hear as a response to the images that i create i think the world is a more exciting place when there are wonderful things out there um, and i get that from lots of different artists that i look at their work where i think wow how did they do that or or even if it's a simple technique, uh, if it's one that I think, oh yeah, I, I could do that quite easily. But the the result is so pleasing, so satisfying. Um, just the way that they've worked some paint or the way that they've worked a, a different material. Uh, yeah, it could be simplistic, but it can be really beautiful. And I think that's so great when that happens. I agree with you. I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? So, yeah, it, it is tempting to have uh, some grand ambitions of maybe some areas of photography that I've not yet explored. Um, I think it, it would be tempting to answer <laughs> with that. 
but I don't know, achieving something that's, yeah, very, very ambitious. But back to what I was talking about earlier about feelings and emotions, I think for me, the greatest achievement with the remainder of my photography work would be enjoyment to, to find where the joy lives in that, to find a flow of working and creating some more images where that process is really enjoyable. So yeah, to find flow and joy <laughs> in the rest of the work that I create, that would be a wonderful thing to achieve for me. It sounds really wonderful indeed. Of course, it is tempting to have all these goals and it is nice to have them. But I think at the end of the day, you should just enjoy what you do and find mm. that. Because if you don't, as you said, you might go through burnout or you might lose that joy. And you might end up feeling really drained and it's not going to be worth it, all the work that you've done. So joy, ultimately, I think, is the, the goal for many people. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It might sound cheesy, but I think it's, yeah, it's a really honest answer. Because, you know, when you get to the end of everything, if you look back on things and maybe you did a photo shoot on the moon or something outrageous like that, and it would sound cool on paper. But in the reality of it, if you didn't have a nice time while you were doing it, then that doesn't seem like a success to me. It seems driven by other slightly crazy motivations. So I think it, it doesn't matter what the outcome of a portfolio or a body of work is like what it resembles or it's prestigious or if uh, lots of people in high places approve of it i think none of that really matters i think as long as having a nice time and bringing something good into the world in some way then i think that's a great thing to achieve that's true and thank you for such a philosophical answer i really appreciate it <laughs> You're welcome. I do enjoy uh, often answering things in a philosophical way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and it can be applied to photography, obviously. And just having that approach and having that mindset can help you greatly when it comes to balancing work and life, as you said earlier. And it can help when making decisions while shooting. So just having purpose behind everything, I think, can help you immensely and basically. Mm, I agree. I think it's a really good foundation to build any creative career on. Exactly. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really enjoyed this interview and I learned a lot about product photography. So thank you very much. And I wish you the very best with your still life photography journey. Ah, thank you, Taya. Yeah, I really enjoyed this interview too. Thank you. This was a really enjoyable experience for me. I hope that you also learned a lot about still life photography. It's a very challenging genre, I think, but if you use the right techniques and if you're genuinely passionate about it, then you'll be able to produce really amazing work. If you have any questions for Josh or if you want to share some of your thoughts on these episodes with us, make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. We have a really supportive community of people there we have a 52-week project and a bunch of other cool sub-forums that I'm sure you'll enjoy. So check out the link and join us today. See you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every sub-forum, 
access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day, which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.